shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Thank you this morning. Thank you for another day to meet again uh, for life. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for all that you are doing in our midst. Uh, thank you for those who are online streaming right now. Um, uh, also, those who couldn't make it for one reason or the other. And I thank you for those who are here as well in person. Uh, Father, we extend these blessings to all the blessings that are going to be flowing forth from your throne in this season, that it may bless us all, it may edify us all. You will visit us all this year. You will show mercy to us all this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we lift you on high in this place. We welcome you again. We want to hear from you again. Uh, speak to us again. I said, visit us again and show us mercy. Us all, every single one of us. Show us mercy in this season. Show us mercy in this hour. Show us mercy always, continually, even unto your return, even unto the end of time. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Can everybody hear me? Okay, I know next for next time we are going to plan and get mics uh, because we did not, I feel we will need the mics, you know, going forward. Amen. Uh, I think this space can take us very, very well, more than enough. Um, we, did, we didn't uh, really have a choice because of the restrictions that prevented us from meeting in a private home. Uh, for now, so we had to find a place. Otherwise, and I know this government feels sometimes when they put a restriction, it will take them time before they take it off. You know, so I just thought instead of us just sitting back and doing online for too long, let's see if we can find a place. Given that the places of worship are still allowed to open at 15% capacity, Amen. And so when we're looking at places, and then these guys, they, these these people, they are so lovely, actually. Uh, they had Kenneth Copeland's uh, songs in the ministry. So I was just in with the pastor during the week, and it was so friendly and so nice. In fact, I was like, this feels like home already. He has actually been to Rema Bible School, you know, Kenneth uh, Higgins, and taught there. He has been for many crusades. He knows, uh, he knows uh, T.O. Osborne and the daughter. Uh, uh, amen. So I, I just felt right at home in this place. Uh, it's God that brought us here. Amen. And so we're going to be, the, the maximum capacity, the fire code capacity of this place is 300. So it means with the current restrictions, we can take up to 45 people. And, you know, so there is more than enough for us. Amen. 
Uh, so sit back, relax. Uh, this feels like home to me. I want it to feel like home to you as well, even as we spend time here uh, learning the Word of God and growing together as well. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I know Pastor Femi couldn't be here today because he had to be at church for, at Rema for uh, something. So uh, he's tied up there. Amen. But it's good to see every single one of you this morning. Every single one of you. Uh, uh, Pastor Kayode K. It's good to see you, sir. And Sister Tomi, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you both and the entire family. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And uh, 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 my, my people. Uh, <laughs> oh, my people, Finny. Uh, Chidima, Jimmy, Shifra, Tolu, you're welcome. Tolu, you're welcome. Good to see you. Happy New Year. I hope your Ontario trip went well and everything was smooth. I know as you're leaving, they were shutting down that place. You know, <laughs> so we had to do school of the spirit in the in the house as well, uh, because they permitted religious gatherings, ten people, and also in the home. So that's why we did it in uh, Pastor Jeff's house. Uh, and uh, on that note, how many of us were blessed by school of the spirit? It was it was a game changing, life changing, altering blessing that we received um, session after session. Uh, amen and which we are still going to be speaking on. Amen. So, adventure, I don't really have new revelation for us today, uh, but we are going to be visiting a lot of the foundations of what was visited during the School of the Spirit for some time. Amen. Um, Fullness of Christ, not so. Amen. Uh, Meaning faith, hope, and charity. You know, we have also been touching on that for some weeks before, before towards the end of the year. And there was something that was profound that uh, Daddy mentioned at the end of the, of the program. He said, he was, he, was, he was saying that these tapes, that they should make it available to EGFM as well. Because he was saying that these tapes contain really contain the full doctrine of Christ. That's what he was really saying. A, the, a lot of the messages, there are a lot of thickness in it. Some of them were long. Some of them will take you three times, four times, to just for one message. In fact, there was a night, on, as it's Tuesday night, I just said, let me just cut. And there was one message I did not really get one part of it. So I said, let me just listen to that one hour that I did not really get. I ended up, <laughs> I ended up listening to the messages till 4 a.m. Forgetting that I have to walk in the body because I just, you know, you know that I have that thing. I just want to figure, I want to get everything, get the next one, get the next one. I'm a revelation freak. <laughs> you want to put it that way? I all got a test for revelation. I just can't, I can't stop, man. It should be like that. It's a good thing. Every revelation is a blessing. Pastor Emeka was teaching, who is a blessing? Christ. And it's the gospel of Christ revealed. Revelation, every revelation, every revelation you receive is a blessing. You can never go wrong with receiving revelation. You can never, ever, ever, ever go wrong with receiving revelation. Are you with me? And revelation, and revelation, and revelation. Amen. 
That is the true blessing. And that Pastor Michael's message was so powerful, just understanding that everything else is vain. Everything else is vain. No matter what you accumulate, no matter what you attain on this earth, is vain. It's not blessing. It's not the blessing. It's not blessing, really. When you start accessing blessing, it's when Christ's recitation begins to come into your soul. Amen. That's when you begin to access real blessing, true blessing. Amen. And God will help us uh, over this morning to begin to revisit some of those stones that were visited last week in SOS. Um, I'll share with you a little bit. Um, Towards the end of last year, uh, the Lord told me that Mark December 31st, then he took me to the scripture of John chapter 14, verse 21, where he says, if you keep my commandments, uh, he says, my father will love you, and I will love you, and I will manifest myself. That was the word. So in Dece- on December 31st, I began to stream uh, the New and Living Way Church. They were doing their crossing at Water River service. And uh, you know, I was like, okay, something, you know, something, something is coming. So, but then, you know, midnight in Nigeria was like 4 p.m. here. So it was okay for us. But I was pitying them we were there because at midnight, it was when Pastor Mecca now came up and said, Happy New Year. I was like, ah, but the, Reverend K is there. Reverend Helen is there. I mean, are they going to talk? I don't, they did not know they were in trouble because Rev, Pastor Mecca now said that Reverend Helen was going to preach. And the Reverend K was going to preach. <laughs> for me, I was enjoying it because it was the perfect time for me. Amen. So, mommy ministered, then daddy ministered. And in that ministration, Reverend began to teach about living waters, fountain of living waters, fountain of water of life, then the river, the pure river of water of life. It was actually opening up those portals. Those are the portals of Christ and God. Amen. And so he was just teaching them as waters, teaching them and explaining them as the journey of Zion to Jerusalem, Zion to New Jerusalem. But I won't go into too much details of it. But that's what I was waiting for. What the Lord told me was going to begin to come and starting December 31st and a manifestation into the new year. So what we saw in SOS was a manifestation of himself. Amen? Not so. Fullness of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Everybody say fullness. Fullness of Christ. What was, what, what was manifest and is still going to be manifest. Amen? Because what has been taught, the portals are open and we are still going to be teaching these things until I want all of us to be full of Christ. Amen? I want us all to be what? Full of Christ. Amen. Sister Tolu, I want you to be full of Christ. Fullness. Amen. So this manifestation, what I just saw was the was something we're going to stay on at least maybe till spring. I don't know when. When you know it's still going to be coming. These waters, because Christ is many waters. The Bible says, How shall we wash the church? By the washing of waters by the word. So it means the word who is Christ. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This word who was made flesh is what? Is living waters to us. Amen. 
And how many of us know that if you strike a rock, what will come out? Waters. So there are two, those connotations of Christ. You can call him a stone. You can also call him waters. It's the same thing. Waters is inside stone. Amen. <laughs> That's what Moses struck the rock. Actually, what Moses struck was rock of offense. Is that thing was what caused his stumbling. Amen. That didn't allow him to enter into the promised land. Amen. What Moses was missing was the ministration of Christ. That's what stopped his entrance. That's what limited his entrance. I was just thinking about it the other day. That was the rock of offense. That's actually that cornerstone, that last thing you need to, that, you know, Reverend ministered it on one night. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's start with Ephesians chapter 4. Even as we begin to visit these things. I love that song. <laughs> You're welcome. Father, we thank you. Amen to you, see her. Let me just joke small. Another reason I like this place, they have this thing at the back there. This technology is like a fan. They were not just telling me about it. They say it's a fan, it's actually an air purifier. So that uh, sucks out viruses and bacteria in the air and brings clean air. <laughs> As a guy, the pastor described it to me, I said, ah, this is where we are going to be. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So uh, as I just came here, I just turned it on. Amen. So we are, hopefully, it, it, says, it does what it says it does. <laughs> and keeps this place, you know, the air pure in this house. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, from verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. These are all scriptures that were visited last week. That they are still, God will just, what God will be doing for us in, the, in these weeks and months ahead is to make it plain. Do you get me? Is to make it plain. So you can assist yourself during the week by rehearing some of SOS messages. Yeah, you, it will help you as we meet, meet again on meetings. We'll be making these things what? Plain. We'll be taking it precept upon precept, line upon plan, line, all those stack of meats of processes, ministrations that came forth, we are going to slowly take it one by one until Christ is formed in all of us. Amen? What I'm seeing this year is that I'm going to be looking at, by faith, I'm already saying it, I'm, going to, I'm looking at precious cornerstones in before me. Each one of you. I'm looking at what? Precious cornerstones. 
Are you hearing me? Mm. So if you're not a precious cornerstone by the end of this year, we have discussion. Shifra. <laughs> so, Tolu, we have talk. <laughs> eh, it means you're not attentive, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, what, yeah, 2021 is Project Stones. And also, I like how Paulette called it in our WhatsApp. We say family of what? Of stones. Yes. I know some of you are already stones. Uh, but you need to become tried stones. And we need to become what? Precious cornerstones. Yes. That's the vision for this year. It's precious cornerstones that can abode God, the Father and the Son. Amen. And precious cornerstones are charity, perfect, perfect charity boys. Men who have come to what? The fullness of charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Amen? Is the year clear already? Are we seeing our 2021? Amen. So we should be tuned in. And to form a stone, you need waters. Mm. Because what is the inside of a stone is waters. Amen. So, ministrations, teachings, amen. Teachings are going to be flowing this year. Amen. And I was telling those them in the Friday Bible study that we're doing last night, uh, which I believe we're going to start streaming also for us. I'll be streaming it on our group so that people can be blessed. Because there we're going to do a bit more interactive sessions and stuff like that for them. Amen. I was telling them that I have a New Year resolution to finish at 9 p.m. <laughs> because last year we used to go to like 10, 30, 11. <laughs> so we start at 6 o'clock. Because like we just, that's why I say I have a new resolution. So last night it was not funny. I was just gisting them. We were just sharing, interacting. Before you know it, it was 8.45. And I just started the message that I wanted to preach. So... <laughs> I was not like, you know, I have to honor this New Year resolution. Let's start on a good foot. Because this is how it always used to be last year. Where we'll be just and I'll be teaching. about then the actual message, we don't start it till like 8 o'clock or 8.30. So I say, you know what? I'm going to preach the message next week, Friday. Let's just, we have tried. God has blessed us today. Let's say so we finished on time yesterday. Amen. And so it's the same thing I'm going to apply to us here. That by 1.30, we are going to be done. Amen. Whether we like it or not. <laughs> Is that okay? Would that give you some more definition in your life, you know? So you can plan, know that by 1.30, uh, Pastor James will be done, Pastor Femi will be done. Amen. Uh, uh, so that we can, you get, we can plan your life properly. Is that fair? Uh, amen. That's fair. Okay. So we'll not be going past, so past 1.30. Actually, we'll not be going, sorry, I, I, we'll not be going past 1.30. Like, <laughs> we'll not be going past 1.30. So, yeah, we'll not be going past 1.30, amen. Because it's going to be a consistent flow of teaching. So whatever we don't finish today, we'll continue next week. Amen. Because the vision is clear now for what we need to do this year. We need to attain Christ and his fullness. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. 
uh, so Ephesians chapter 4, I was reading verse 11. It says, And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some, and some uh, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, not so, and then for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and then what? And of the knowledge of the Son of God, and then what? Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, the evidence that you've come through this process is that you, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So, this, this Ephesians 4, 13, 14, 13 and 14, you can correlate it with Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8. Amen? Amen. No, we're not rushing it, so because we have, we have time. We have, this week, next week, we have time to, to really uh, take diligently on every stone of Christ. Are we ready? Are we excited for this year? Yeah. Diligently. This is the year to be diligent with this. Also, we're going to be diligent with it. We're not going to leave any stone unturned. Amen. Now, Colossians 2 verse 6 to 8 began to say, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith. Do you know what I call rooted? Rooted is a stone. Built up is a process of trial. And established is the precious cornerstone. And it all happens. All this stony nature comes by what? As ye have been taught. Comes by waters, by teachings. Abounding, and you know, I, I mentioned in last week that the evidence of a man coming to fullness is thanksgiving. Amen? Why thanksgiving? F.A., if you have been so blessed with blessing, you know that you have been doused with full blessing. Full, you know, Christ is blessing. So when they say fullness of Christ, what does it mean? Fullness of blessing. Would you not thank God? Would you not be thankful? Okay, let's put it to you. Let me put it in this way. If somebody comes to give you a million naira, a million dollars, what do most people do? That's where in Nigeria, where we come from. You, they start rolling on the floor. Thank you, sir. My God, they talk. Anything for you, sir. Anything you want me to do this year, I will do it for you. <laughs> what is all that? That is thanksgiving. Because what has happened? They blessed you. So when a man has truly been blessed with Christ to fullness, he will become very thankful. It will just be a natural thing that will begin to emanate out of your mouth. Whether you have money, you don't have money, whatever else, like, all those things are not called blessing. They will be nothing to you because you are truly blessed. You will just become a thank thankful being, grateful, because you know what you have. 
It is the, what, what, what I call thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the seal of your Christ. Thanksgiving is the incense that heaven will smell that they will know that this one has come to fullness. Yeah, and it's not that you make up the thanksgiving. It's coming from inside. <laughs> because you know, you know what you have come into. The reason why people are, you know, half leg here, half leg there when it comes to the things of Christ is because they don't know that Christ is blessing. And it's not easy to know. There was a time in Paul's life that he did not know. Eventually, the day he now knew, he shouted it loud. I am not ashamed of the gospel. <laughs> he yelled. It was a cry. The day he finally knew that what he has been dealing with was the power of God, was the blessing of God. He was no longer counting because when he wrote the book of Romans, he was in Asia where he suffered in bodily. By the time he realized what he was handling, he forgot everything he was going through. He forgot all the shame he was going through. And he said, I'm not ashamed of blessing. When you actually come to the revelation that you are handling blessing, you're actually handling the blessing of God. What God made as blessing. Amen. Uh, Let me teach this more a little bit. It's not even difficult to understand that this is blessing. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word, not so, and the word was with God, and what else? And the word was God. Then in verse 3, it now says, All things were made, all things, all things were made by Him, right? And for Him were all things made. Amen. Now, a man who is blessed with all things, what do you call him blessed? But much more, a man who is blessed with the maker of all things. <laughs> Are you getting me? A man who is blessed with the one by whom all things were made. The world. That fullness of Christ. Are you no more blessed? That is what we are dealing with. When you begin to access Christ, you are dealing with blessing. You are dealing with the ones who collect those things that be not as though they were. You are dealing with blessing. Fullness of blessing. Amen. And it will take the perfect light of Christ to understand fully what, why, really, in your heart, it will begin to settle in your heart that what I have been handling is blessing. And you will become thankful. A man who is thankful is a man who has come to contentment. He knows that, yes, Christ is enough. What makes men not thankful is because they still a lack. And that lack is typically in the body. Amen. But if you know that you are receiving everything that is called anti-lack, there's nothing, there's no, there's no, they don't have the, there's no, inside the world, that being called logos, there is no script called poverty. I don't know if you get it. The logos, he has a script, laws. He has written many things. There is nothing called poverty inside what he wrote. Who he is? Called the world. Do you get me? There is nothing called lack inside that being. Amen. But there is something called take no thought for tomorrow. Many times, we, the reason why we may feel we lack something 
is because we are taking thoughts. We don't like it today. We are already envisioning the lack. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> because our thought process has gone far, and you are saying that by June I will have a lack. And it begins to affect your soul. But if you really check yourself today, the Lord has supplied all your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. So it's the light of Christ. It's the perfect light of Christ that answers all things. Amen. So I want us to be blessed in this 2021. We will be so blessed. Because the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it with so much confidence because the heavens have already opened. <laughs> If it was that, okay, let us pray for Christ to reveal. He will still pray and he will still reveal himself more. He will still find out understanding. But he has manifested himself in his dimension. Almost in the measure of his fullness. Praise the name of the Lord. So I was reading Colossians chapter 2 that was saying this whole process of growth coming to a perfect man and also the challenges of what tries to entice you from your perfection, from your coming to the end, which is verse 8. So I was reading, where it says, Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Then verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you. That's the same thing as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Not so. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 is the same as Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. So Colossians 2 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this of the world, and not after Christ. So the only thing you ought to go for is Christ. Whereas, Ephesians chapter 4, 14, put it this way. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Who brings every wind of doctrine? It's called by the slight of men. It's the wisdom of men that brings these things. And cunning craftiness. Are you hearing me? And cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There is always, there is no way that there is at so. I always found that these apostles, there is no way that they will be talking about Christ's business, and they will not want this warning. Do you know why they have to want this warning? Christ's business takes time. Christ's business is a process. And as long as it's a process, it means for every day that you are moving forward in that process, it's also another day for the devil to try and move you out of the process. <laughs> yes. And that's the challenge. That's why out of love, they have to be warning you. They have to be warning you. Keep this commandment without spot. Unrebukable. Ah, the John will warn you. It will serve transgressors. Will serve transgressors. And abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. That's 2 John verse 9. Why the warnings, the constant warnings, warnings, is because they know, they know that it's an abiding process. They know Christ is not that, oh, Jesus won. I believe in the name of Jesus, now you are born again, your spirit is saved. No, but Christ's own is a, is a cause. 
Doctrine. When you hear the word doctrine, what, what comes to your mind? What comes to my mind is book. What comes to my mind is volume of knowledge. Am I communicating? Many things. You know, school. Mm. What do we call it? We call it school of the spirit. It was indeed school. Some of those lectures were three hour lectures. So let us not complain when Reverend is teaching for three hours. When we, there are some classes you go for that you just do once a week. How many hours is it? Is it not three hours? Uh. <laughs> so don't complain. <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> That's the reason why after you finish the lecture, you now go and read your notes. Uh, so after you finish this lecture, go and read this sometimes and uh, get the final details of it. And God will show us messages here to begin to open all these stones up. Are you with me today? Are we together in the house? Amen. This is a year of blessing. This is a year of what? Of blessing. Spiritual blessings. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 4 verse 13. I want to spend some time there. Now, can someone help me recall? There was something I was beginning to emphasize late last year concerning Facebook and charity. Alright? From Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, where it says, To die is gain, but to live is Christ. That the life I now live, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. Who, who, who died for me and you know and that. Now remember, who can remember? I want to pick who can remember what I was teaching that's the foundation of that faith of the Son of God. Huh? Speak up. Righteousness, but is it one other word I use? Remember that there was nothing I was teaching about where. It's from the well you will draw that builds faith that will create the imagery of this person of Christ that now turns into hope because you are now seeing the image. Then when you now become the image, what are you now? You have become charity in the fullness of Christ. Remember? So I said that the faith of the Son of God cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, coming by knowledge. Now this scripture confirms it. It says, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Is that faith? Huh? Is that faith? In the unity of the faith. Is that faith they are referring to? And of the knowledge of what? The knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. So, this faith of the Son is powered by what? By the knowledge of who? Of the Son of God. What did I say? This faith of the Son is powered by what? The knowledge of the Son of God. The faith of the Son is what? Is powered by what? By the knowledge of the Son of God. Now it means that when a time will come where you... I want to use an example... 
I remember in my first year of university, when I was taking biology classes initial, I, didn't, I was just lost. I didn't know what I was doing. Do you get me? But by the time I got to my fourth year, I could do an independent biology project. Why is that? Why could, why could somebody in his fourth year be able to put together, that was like put together an image, a project, starting from the beginning and bring, present a paper of results based on a project in the fourth year. Why? It's because first year he was receiving knowledge. He didn't have image. Second year he was still receiving knowledge. He didn't have image. By third year you become more formed in your subject matter. Do you get me? It means by, by the time you start entering your third and fourth year, you start learning how to handle, you start gaining mastery of the subject matter. You start gaining, you start learning how to handle it. Meaning it's now becoming yours. It means that, for so example, if you're an engineer, you can probably build something, a prototype. In the first year of engineering, you have no clue what prototype was. But because of the increase of knowledge, it means knowledge formulates understanding. Amen. And understanding is sight. And what sight means is that you are seeing something. It means understanding is image. Understanding makes you begin to put these knowledge blocks into an image. An image begins to form concerning a, a, you, a person, a personality. Oh my God, I don't know how I explain. I, 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 in my spirit, I can, I, can, I can attest to this. Amen. Sometimes because of how much we've been in this world as knowing Christ, knowing Christ. I'll tell you why. You begin to have a concept of how Christ is. You get somewhere. You have a, it's like you have a concept of if that man comes, you have a concept of how he behaves. Because of all the knowledge you have, you have, you have received. And that concept is called the image. It's not a perfect image, but it is an image. And as long as you have a concept of what he is and what you should be like, that is, you are coming into dimensions of hope. Because the reason for the trying of the stone is to make it more like a cornerstone. Not so. What changes, what makes, what transforms a stone to a precious cornerstone? Do you get me? Is the process of trial. Amen. That would, it would chisel out the excesses on the stone. Amen. He will chisel it out. He will perfect your knowledge of the person who is the chief cornerstone. Amen. Then when you come out on the other side, you will begin to look like him. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So it says, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. So, the knowledge of the Son of God, this is the key. This, uh, this reason I like the scripture is that he just jumps from knowledge to the perfection. But the knowledge of the Son of God would develop what we call faith of the Son of God. First, the same knowledge of the Son of God, as it's increasing, he will begin to form image inside you. Then you now begin to behold as in a glass that image. 
then you are now transforming into hope that make it not ashamed. Amen. Am I communicating? And in the, that same knowledge of the Son of God will still power you into perfection, meaning charity. Are you blessed? Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, how would I put this again? So it means that if the knowledge of the Son of God is what powers the whole building from stone to cornerstone, it means that the knowledge of the Son of God is like the, the fuel you put into the engine, the generator. Not so? And to power the whole house. Am I complicated? But well, you know with generators, the fuel will finish. So you have to keep refueling, keep bringing more knowledge, to keep powering the whole house, to keep powering the house, powering the house, powering the house, until the house is perfected. So what am I saying to you this morning? It's very simple. That the key to Christ, the key to all this building and development that we are talking about, the key to faith, the key to hope, the key to charity is what? Is the knowledge of the Son of God. That's so. That's the foundation. In fact, the knowledge of the Son of God is that stone. Or another word I used to call it, I'll call it, is that foundation that leads to a stone. Amen. Let us see. Let's go to Isaiah 28. That was one of the foundational scriptures for uh, the school of the spirit. Isaiah chapter 28. Verse 16. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion. So it's in Zion. Whenever you hear the word Zion, Zion is for Christ. And when you hear the word New Jerusalem, that's for God. It's those, those God, Christ, God, you know, God, Christ. So you always hear those two terminologies. They talk about the holy city. They call it Zion or something. They call it Jerusalem. They are, they are slightly different. Amen. But I won't go into that. Well, here, I lay in Zion, what? First for a foundation. Right? I lay in Zion for a foundation. Is stone. Are you with me? Now, what is that stone? That stone is the faith of the Son of God. But really, really, what is that stone? Because what, what, how does the faith come? By knowledge. So really, that stone is the knowledge of the Son of God that is empowering 
Amen. That is powering the faith. So the faith is the stone, but the knowledge is the water in the stone. Ah. Uh, what did I say? What is the stone? The faith is the stone, but the what? The knowledge is the waters. The, 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 the waters, sorry, <laughs> or the knowledge is the waters <laughs> that powers the stone, that is in the stone, in the rock. Amen. It's funny, but it's funny to think about it that way that why, why is it that in every mountain is water? It's, it's the flow of springs. It's funny, but the, the but mountain looks like it's one of the top guard, the hard guard. But without the water, there's no mountain. <laughs> also, without the water, there's no mountain. It's not funny. What puts all the cements together is water. Yeah, that's how rocks are weathered over time. Sometimes it's by the sea ocean. Water is bringing, bringing sediments. And it's, that sediment is also moist to clump together. So water, water is the power. And that water is the knowledge of the Son of God. Meaning the knowledge of Christ. Is the power that will make you a stone. And as long as you stay connected to that power, huh, it will turn you to a tried stone. And you stay with that power, it will turn you to a what? A precious cornerstone. Do you know it's water that powers many, most places on earth? Not so. <laughs> they will dam, they will dam the water. Not so. I know many of us come to Nigeria, we call it, what, what they call it? River Ninja, the river, river Benue. And they built dam. I don't know, maybe they did not dam the water properly. That light is not <laughs> I don't know, is it the water sport? Or maybe it's the men who dammed it. <laughs> somewhere that is not powering the thing properly. But in China, there's a place called Yangtze River that they built a dam for hydroelectricity and it powers almost all half of China. Am I communicating? Just one dam. Just one dam, damming one river. It's a large river. They dam it and then they use it for hydroelectric power. So, that knowledge of the Son of God is, has great energy. Are you hearing me? It has what? It has great energy inside it. That powers the whole house. Whose house are we? So it begins to build us up from a stone to a tried stone and then lastly to a precious cornerstone. 
But there is one more after that. Let's see Isaiah 28 again. We'll just read it. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, what? A stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, and the last one, a sure foundation. That one is an, that one, that one is an eternal foundation. That's actually the realm of the Father. Which we'll not go into right now. Right now, our focus is becoming a precious cornerstone. I know, I believe, I know some of us are stones already. Hmm? Or some of us are in the process of becoming stones. It's not, I don't, you don't need a magician to tell you. Anybody who is hearing the knowledge of the Son of God is on his way to becoming a what? A stone. Or is already a stone. Because you will keep hearing the knowledge of the Son of God. You will now transit into the process of becoming a what? A tried stone. And then finally, a precious cornerstone. But I want to show us one thing. I want to show us another thing now as we will dwell here. Now, let's read verse 17 of that Isaiah chapter 28. They begin to now open up even more of what I am saying to show you how these things are dealt with. Let's see verse 17. Verse 17 says, Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. Amen. And the waters shall overflow the hiding place. Are we ready? It says, what, what, shall, what shall deal with the refuge of lies? The hail. And what will overflow the hiding place? Where is the hiding place? It's in your heart. In your soul. Do you know our every soul has many hiding places and there many refuge of lies? Okay, why is it that I'll go and preach Christ to somebody and you reject me? It means he has something, a refuge. That's why they call it refuge. Refuge means where you hide. <laughs> where you house yourself. You are gathered already. You are okay. You are at home already. So what you are saying is foreign to me. I'm already at rest. It's called a refuge. So men can dwell in lives. And live their life. Live their life from their resting place. <laughs> Which is a refuge of lies. Or in their, from their hiding place. And all of us are, are or were like that. We still have hiding places. And we still have refuge of lies. Refuge of lies is called vanities. One thing that I learned a lot in this SOS. In the last days, it's called vanity. 
The way they describe vanity in one night, vanity was plain. Vanity, whenever I see vanity next, I will kick race. <laughs> vanity, vanity is deafening. Vanity is a refuge of lies. A man can, the way they explain vanity is that a man can live all his life on vanity and he actually thinks that are, you get me, high things that are sound good to attain. But it is what? It is vanity. Praise the name of the Lord. Wow. But God will not first address your vanity yet. Or your refuge of life. He will first go for your hiding places. Amen? Because what, what deals with your hiding places is righteousness. What deals with your refuge of lies is judgment. Just keep that one there somewhere. Because judgment, you are talking of the dimension of the Father. Righteousness, you are talking about Christ. Full Christ. Amen. God grants us utterance this morning. This thing is deep. <laughs> we have many. Huh? You hear me, Toby? We have what? Many hiding places in our soul. If we are not so, the Bible would have told you. <laughs> when the Bible talks like this, just know that the thing is a, is a serious matter. For the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can find it out? He means he has hiding places. He has many secrets. When the Bible talks like this, just know that it's the problem is serious. It says, For the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Not so? That they used to do what? Search all the inward parts of the belly. Candle, they need such light to, to go through your soul. Huh? I said, I said, God needs to. <laughs> To excavate all the hiding places in our soul. And until the all waters of Christ have overflown the hiding places, you are, you are not safe. In the sense that, do you know what? Let me just tell you why. Even if you have only just one hiding place left, one hiding place left, do you know what the hiding place is? It means that if you ever decide that I don't want to do with God anymore, I can still turn and go to my hiding place. Is a man who has no hiding place left that can ever turn from God. Because where, you, where am I going to go to? The disciples were almost like that one day. People were, Jesus was preaching fresh and blood ministry. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. People had hiding places. They said, let's go back to our home. We have refuge of life that we're living before Jesus came. Let's be going. <laughs> the apostles, they said, are you not going to? They looked at Jesus and said, where do you want us to go? Where do you want us to go? We've left all our hiding places. We have seen that you are, it is you that has the words of eternal life. So it means, what is salvation? Huh? What is salvation? Salvation means that you can never turn from eternal life. 
the one who has life. Because the moment you turn from life, what happens? Death begins. Salvation means, and it's not just that, oh, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. It's not just by confession, it's by soul, by stature. You don't have any other backup option anymore. The, the waters have overflowed all your backup options. And the hail has destroyed your refugees. You have no choice anymore. You are homeless if you don't stay with God. Backups are done. Amen. Many souls still have a lot of backups. Sometimes we say, we're just following you. You just mess up now. <laughs> Backup. <laughs> we are betting so still have many backup options. And as long as you have a backup, you are not safe. It means that you can still be tempted to go back to your hiding place. As my people say, dog returning back to his home. You can still be tempted, as long as you still have a hiding place, amen, you can still be tempted to go back to your hiding place. Let me use this example. How many of us, how many of us, sometimes when we pray for financial breakthrough, I do it sometimes, I say, God, no me now, I'm a trusted boy, you can give me the money. I will not have to be fine. I will not, you know me, I won't spend it on any vanity. I will be okay. I will be sound. I can house it. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes, very of the money doesn't enter your account. Your account salary to maybe, maybe, I don't know, 5k, 10k. You never thinking. I'll just think of it. I won't, is this suit I watch in this movie? It's like maroon red. And then you see that, you see, it just makes it, you just cack, you just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> You right now you feel I'm content, I don't need anything. The moment you just see that your account just goes up a little bit, manufacturing of things begins to come. <laughs> so, so, so I know we all have the issue, one from the other, some of these phones, some of these uh, laptops, whatever it is. <laughs>
this for God. I want to do that. I want to just have enough suit. Let me also look good. No, but the thing instructs. It instructs. Who many a times you know that sometimes maybe there's this dress you don't want to buy. Huh? Now that you have not answered the man, it's just a dress. I'm not sure it's only on sale, it's 30%. So you now get the dress. Before you know, you now see a shoe that matches the dress. And you now feel that you can't do the you have not done the dress justice until you think it's complete. Why would you just get the dress and then the shoe is not matching? And then the thing is the ring is matching. <laughs> Vanity instructs. It doesn't just it never just stops at that initial thought. It has where it's going. It has feathers and wings that he wants to spring up onto. Amen. But as vanity instructs, so does the knowledge of the Son of God. It also instructs. Amen. It also what? Not just does it instruct the world. That's where you're happy. That's the process of your trial. What is it worrying it? That's actually the process of your trying of the stone. First you are a stone. That stone means that Christ is there. You have knowledge of the Son of God. You also have knowledge of vanity. Both of them are living together. <laughs> so when they now start trying you, oh, glory to God. Are we, are we ready? Are we ready? Let's see James chapter 1. James chapter 1. You see it there. In the, in the process called tri-stone. So for a Zion for a foundation is stone. Tri-stone. They tried that. James exhibited, described that process. Is a cleansing soul. Somebody help me read it. Right? It says, uh, who is there? James chapter 1, I think verse 2 and 3. So you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting, they're not saying needing nothing. They know you have needs. It's in trial of your stone that Jesus, they will not really deal. It's called, it, will, it will come as a refiner's fire and fuller's soul. It's in the trial and the trial of your faith, that faith is that stone. Remember? Faith of the Son of God is that stone. So the trial of the stone, tried stone, is to differentiate between the Christ that is you are becoming and all the ones called vanity that you thought were needs. That's the problem. We mix up needs and wants because of the vanity that we have been sold. So the trial of your faith will now teach you, hear me, the trial of your faith will now teach you how that thing was a want and you don't need it. I'll practical example. I went through this one. Where? <laughs> eh? I want something. I desire something of God. I say, God, you can just do this for me. I really need it. It looks like I really need it. I really, really need it. You know, I, you know how God is with us. So you also will not be emphasizing the really, really need it. Because you know, God is with Try to convince me that this time I really, really, really need this. 
And, and, and the way you'll be looking is that if I don't get it by, let's say, by February, it's like everything will scatter, my life will scatter. It is our shame will come upon my life. Somebody says stone. Thank God for stone. That's why you must be a stone first before they try you. Do you know what that means a stone? It means that it's not easy for you to turn. And because when they want to start the trial of your faith, you get me. You can get tough to turn. And so they want to make sure that you're first a stone. That at last, last, it will be difficult for you to just turn fully <laughs> before they not try it. <laughs> Amen. So in the trial of your faith, what God will do is that God will be looking at me. I will be disturbing heaven, saying I need this in my February. He say, February will come and go. <laughs> By March, I'll now use, I'll now use, I say, I don't, I beg, I beg, you see that, I don't even want it again. I, I might communicate it. But what the, what the God just proved to me, I did not need it. He allowed my deadline to expire to show me that I will not die without it. And many times, later, later on, when I'm forgotten about it, they will not bring it. I mean, <laughs> later on, they will not bring it. I'm like, what is this? When I'm ready, forgotten. But because the intention of the exercise of the trial of your faith is to bring about an end, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. A man who doesn't want anything, can you tempt that man? Are you seeing salvation? A man who Satan cannot come or rudiments of this world or traditions of men or whatever snares of somebody cannot just come to you know before maybe somebody could come to Shema and say, Ah, this message, Christ, Christ, see your life now. Ah, look at your life, look at it. Are we not meet? See what God has done for me. See your life. You know? <laughs> and Shema, Shema will not be okay for me. You will know, she will need the reinforcement, medication, a lot of stitches to bring her back together. But I, I'm sensing by now, nobody can come and say that kind of thing. And children are just laughing at the person. <laughs> In her mind, she just laughing. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> we are getting there. Amen? <laughs> because what is happening, salvation is happening, trials is happening. You are coming to see that many things are vanity. Many of all these things are used to make you feel bad and nothing. That you are actually inheriting blessing by knowing Christ. That's what is happening to you. Now, let me give you another glimpse of salvation. If who is the worst of the worst of the enemy? Satan, also the dragon. You get me. So imagine if the dragon is under your feet, you overcome him. Hmm? Do you have any other enemy taken? So, what does that what does that mean? What's another word for that? You are saved. You are saved. You are saved. You are saved. You have overcome all that he has to offer, all the world, all the vanity, all the rudiments of this world, all the traditions of men. You stayed with Christ till the end. Let me just tell you a secret. That Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 is everything Satan has. Yes. <laughs> eh? Another day, maybe if it's one-on-one teaching, I want to teach it to the public. Another day, well, I can teach you it. 
it doesn't have Jesus was laughing at he said he called it the so called victim. The so called victim of Satan. <laughs> that is all he has. He will tempt you with vanity. If you cannot tempt you with vanity, if you are a Christian and you want to tempt you with religion. You get you know, so like traditions of men or philosophy. Yes. He has different ways. He has he has he has he has why is it okay? There are three kinds of souls, typically. There are three kinds of Christian souls. The first one is a carnal Christian soul. What's the problem? Vanity. Another one is the religious mind. Who does not honor revelation? Wants to have their own righteousness, have their own de- 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 definitions without light defining it. Amen? And then the third one is a revelation soul. So it means that even in the body, Satan also brought temptations that would make men not come into the light of Christ. Because to come into the light of Christ is to come into the light of revealed righteousness. You have a question? Go ahead. Of the religious soul. Ah, praise God. An example of the religious soul. I taught this partially yesterday, last night. An example of the religious soul. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, is this Second Corinthians chapter three? <clears throat> now I have to add that, including the carnal Christian and the religious Christian, they will still make heaven because carnality is of the soul, the religion is of the soul, but they are born again, so they will make heaven. But you know, I've taught you about heaven and the real, the real purpose, eternal life. Amen. So, this was what, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6. I'll begin to read from verse 6. I'll start from verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. Amen. To think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Not so. Who also had made us able ministers? Now, for those online who didn't hear the question, our uh, 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 sister asked if, uh, what is the definition? Define a religious soul. So I'm trying, trying to go into that a little bit. Amen. It says, Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter? But of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Verse 7 now says, But if the ministration of death, written and engraving in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? So, first off, a religious soul will be a soul who doesn't do things by the Spirit. Because this covenant is a ministry of the Spirit. Now, what I wanted to point out there is that the old covenant was glorious. It means there were blessings of the letter, though it kill it. Huh? Praise the name of the Lord. So let's, let's say from this angle, anything that is not 
by the Spirit that is calculated by men. A doctrine formulated by men. Even though they took it from war, they studied the scripture and they put it together. But they're the ones who formulated it as doctrine can lead to religious souls. Because souls who they are learning but not by the Spirit. That's a religious soul. And they have a knowledge. The knowledge is there. And it's the knowledge of God. Like the Israelites, which knowledge do they have? It's the knowledge of God or the laws of God. But it's not by the Spirit. It's not officiated by the Spirit. One thing, one evidence is that their soul will not be changing. They will know God. They will know scriptures. But the soul is not changing. So last night I was teaching about this ministry of the letter versus ministry of the spirit. And in the house they had the post, they maybe someone has like a picture. I was like, in the old, in the old covenant, what happens is that the Jewish man will wake up in the morning and go and look at the poster. The poster has the Ten Commandments and the laws. And he will go and read it every day. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not do this. And he will recite it and they will be okay. So, but they will now go outside. In, but inside, they want to kill their neighbor. <laughs> Do you get me? In the soul, there is, what is holding them is what they are in. Uh, that's, that's what happens with religious souls. As well. Inside, they are not changed. But because of all the knowledge of what they know, what has been formulated as doctrine, they are able to behave holy. Yeah. They are able to arrange themselves. Now, bear in mind that such souls will still make heaven unless they become enemy of the gospel. But they are able to keep themselves, manage themselves, so everybody will look at them holy. Everything is okay. But inside, they are already murderers. Meaning, the only thing that is holding them back is all those laws of God that have been pushed to them as doctrine, even does not by the Spirit. Because for change to happen, it will take the spirit. You get that? You can note that. He said, "For I said, for what? For change to happen, it will take what? It will take the spirit. I can't make you change. I can minister by the spirit, and you say, hmm. But when you now go home, the spirit I ministered by will visit you, <laughs> and sometimes it will set you up." during the week to bear the attributes of the words you heard. Amen. So it's the reason why sometimes we've gone through, some of us have seen your testimonies, you've gone through situations where they will tell you to go and forgive or go and, go and say sorry. There's all those practices, all those exercises. It's because of what you were hearing. If you're not hearing what you were hearing, they will not tell you, they will not give you those instructions. If you're not hearing what they were hearing, the Holy Ghost will not set up the person to offend you. And some of all those offenses, they set you up because they want you to practice what you have heard. So that's why it's a ministry by the Spirit. And it will take all those operations for the change to occur. You have to practice forgiveness to be forgiven. Amen. But then you will have to first be taught the wisdom of the knowledge of the Son of God to empower you to know that forgiveness is a blessing. To know that forgiveness is you giving spiritually. You have to be empowered by all the knowledges that forgiveness is actually a power. 
I was sitting here saying that forbearance, whom the word bear is a stretch. All those words are stre- everlasting ways. They will stretch you into everlasting life. It means when, when the Father says, my ways are not your ways, it means I know how to endure. I will, no, God, God is so endure. He can, if a man is too wicked on the earth, so the God will not kill the man. God will endure the man. Check the Bible. Check kings, first kings, second kings, all those wicked kings. God will wait. He will, when a man finishes all evil, he will die. They will not say, God very <laughs> Then God will now raise another king in his place who will now do what he wants to do. And that's what keeps God everlasting. He doesn't haste. He has those stretch abilities that they will now begin to try and empower you to have as well. Why is it sometimes that in this process of learning of Christ, some of us get weary? It's part of the process. What is, what is, what is getting weary? They are stretching you. You get me? They are stretching you. But not knowing that that stretch is a blessing. It means your soul, your belly. The Bible likens the soul of a man to like the belly of a man. Do you get me? Now, some of us who are in medical profession, when they bring out the belly of a man, you can elongate it to the end of this room. The instant stand is so long. So, so much is stuffed in it. So it means your, your soul has capacity to stretch and carry many things. But nobody likes stretch. It's the reason why many people don't like school. The purpose of school is to stretch your soul, stretch your brain. But not knowing that after you finish the school, you will find that you are better off. Because you are able to now use the knowledge to make money, finances, to do things that you can buy things that you could not buy before. Or pay debt from maybe from your school days. So, stretch. When they are stretching us, they are blessing us. Immediately. When they are stretching out their words, Amen. Uh, let me put it to you this way. I remember one of my former schools. They had a library. Not so. And in the library, they put books. Then one, one year, they were now expanding the library expansion. So let's say, this is the library. They now break this wall to build out, build it out. So it means that it means that they wanted to put more books and there was no space for the books. Do you get me? So when they are stretching you, they want to give you more cards. But there is no space for the cards. So they will have to stretch you, expand you, so that you can carry more. A time will now come, you now carry fullness. Amen. So that's why James was like, count it all joy. You don't know you are being blessed when you go through all that man of Christ. Count it all joy. Why? Because you don't know that you are being what? You are being blessed. You are being blessed when they are stretching you. Because when they are stretching you, you are, you are making space for more blessing, for more Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Are we blessed in the house uh, today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Let's begin to round it up. Amen. Tolu, did I answer your question? Very well. Did I answer it very well? It's not, no, it's still some. You get some of it. Okay. I'll talk, we'll talk after. Then. 
Amen. Amen. Let's go back to Isaiah 28. Just one more point to your question, Tolu. The reason why the enemy will want to make souls religious, or religious-minded, or world carnal-minded, is so that they will not access this Christ. Yeah. And note the word, I say souls, not spirits. Their spirits are born again. And if they die today, their spirits will make it to heaven. But that knowledge that they have, that is keeping them, say they know God, whereas they don't really, not by the spirit. They know God, they just learn some things and they have, it's like a religious man can always, when a man is in milk too long, he can skew into religion or into the world. Because what did they say concerning the milk boys? That a, a man who uses milk is what? Unskillful in the world, of, meaning he will be making errors of judgment. So a religious mind will bring in conclusions to God that is not who God is. A religious mind will box God in. They have definition for God that minuses all the all the knowledges that God still has, many things that God still has to say concerning himself. And so the enemy did that to prevent them from breaking into the fullness of Christ. And so, but God will still at least, whether your spirit be born again, last last, you know, <laughs> and then whoever so that he can transform by Christ, he will do that. So that's why the Christ dimension is a labor. Christ dimension, in Christ dimension, you don't, you don't want, in fact, the fact that maybe we are a number 10, 20 souls who are hearing Christ, you know heaven, the whole heaven is, the whole heaven is, they are going crazy. It's a, it's a wonder, what's going on here on the earth? <laughs> that's why a man who has finished Christ, they call him what? Precious. Not so? Does the Bible not say, hear me, does the Bible not say that the whole heaven, or let me use this this way. Jesus, Jesus said it this way. Jesus said it in another way. He says, what shall it profit a man hmm, to gain the whole world, one skill, and yet all, and lose his soul? When Jesus was weighing it, he saw that gaining your soul is weightier than gaining the whole world. Why? What's the whole world? Vani, nothing. He said, he who has no charity is nothing. Not so? So, Jesus weighed it. Are you seeing the preciousness of his salvation of his soul? His soul going through the processes of trials, going through the processes of foundation, stone, trial, stone, and precious cornerstone. It, it will make your soul weightier than the whole world to God, than the whole world put together. So it's, not, it's actually, it's not an easy thing for a soul to submit himself for this process. It's not easy. Not many do it. The Bible will say, if the righteous scarcely be saved. Scarcely. It's a scarce. Scarcely. That salvation there is not born again because that salvation is that full salvation you're talking about. Amen. I just wanted to add a little bit and I'll still clear it more. But the issue of carnality, religion, 
it's of the mind, of the soul. And it prevents you from opening up to receive Christ. As in, Christ as in waters, many waters. That's what it says. Amen? Now, it says in that, Azar 28, verse 17. Um, right? It says something, judgment and then righteousness. Let's see it. As we begin to round up. Judgment also will I lead to the lie. And righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. I'll explain just a little bit here. You may get confused. But when it means judgment shall I lead to the line. It means judgment is the dimension of perfection. Measurement. You can really want to measure if you are complete. If you are perfect. You will use lines to measure. That's judgment. Judgment is the dimension of perfection. Whereas righteousness is the dimension of many. So plummets. He used the word plummets. You know when two people have gone to war and the person who wins will carry, gather all the many things of the, of the, of the vanquished. The plummets. So it means righteousness is many waters. And judgment is the perfection of righteousness. So judgment is when you are now going on to perfection. Amen? I will just explain a little bit more. I won't spend the time in righteousness. Amen? Judgment again. Judgment. Who judges? Judge, you know, Supreme Court judges. Judges. They judge. How do they judge? Let me give you how deep judgment is. They judge by hearing the case of the defendant and hearing the case of the prosecution. You get me? When they hear both, both sides of the story, what would they do? They will now gain an understanding of what really happened. Essentially, what they are trying to do is to form the image of the scene of the crime. That's what I said. With all the information that has been presented to them, the judge will study all the information, do his research as well, ask police some questions, ask this some questions. Then he will now try and formulate in his mind what happened that day. Are you seeing image? He's trying to bring the image of what happened that day. And from there, he can now tell that, oh, this guy actually killed this person. So, he will sentence him to whatever. So, what does, what does that mean? That's the judgment is, but when the, the judgment is the result of all the processes of understanding all the waters, the knowledge from the prosecution, the knowledge from the defense, and using all the knowledge from both sides to form an image, understanding of what actually happened that day, then it's based on understanding you cannot make a decision, a judgment. So judgment is a high thing. Judgment is the realm of perfection. When you come into all waters, all knowledge, all righteousness, and you now begin to use all of them to make decisions in your life. Use those thoughts of righteousness. It's one of those things that we're talking about in the interactive sessions. I think the last one. When Jeff was talking about, we were talking about righteousness, thoughts, that informs thoughts, and a man should be able to, when a man who has, who, has, who has grown, essentially, amen, will be able to use judgment based on all the knowledge he has to be able to tell if the, you're leading, do you get If the decision you are making is right or wrong. And they will now tell me, this is the reason why, this is the reason why. Where, what, where are all those reasons coming from? Understanding. From where? From all the knowledge they've acquired or experiences that they've been through. That's judgment. So judgment is a fatherhood. It's the realm of the father. 
perfect ones. Amen. But right now, we're still in righteousness. Righteousness is the light. You need to compile all the lights before you are ready for perfect lights. So that when they are talking about righteousness, right, it says, judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. The under hail shall sweep, sweep the refuge of lies. It's judgment that will deal with lies. When you're able to judge a right, you'll be able to tell that all these things I've been living my life for is rubbish. It's a lie. It's nothing. It's judgment that does that. And then the next one says, this is where I want to zero in on. Amen. And the waters shall what? Overflow. This is, so it means, it means it's many waters. It means it's a flood. It means that for you to deal with all the hiding places in your heart, you need a flood. And that is why it is a process. You can't, I can't teach a flood in two hours. But over several years of two hours, four hours every week, we can teach you a flood. I don't know if you get to it. Count it. Two hours, maybe you, do, maybe you stream messages for 10 hours this week. Multiply it by 52 weeks. How many hours is that? That's 500 hours of world of righteousness. <laughs> I said, everything is not strange. I don't change. <laughs> it will be different. You may testify. It was 500 hours of world of righteousness in a year. It's a flood. It's turning to a flood. Because it will take a flood to flood out all your hiding. It's only a flood. Now, when they say hiding places, don't just imagine, oh, okay, a road, it will flood. No. It means it's a road that has holes in it. Ditches. Those are the hiding places. You need a flood that will be able to access the, those dark places. Come out and go and access the next one. And come out of it and expose them. By the time it's coming out of the hidden place, it has flooded that place. It's now waters that is filling that hole. It is, it's because of hiding places that men love darkness rather than light. It says light has come into this world. Huh? But what do men love? Darkness rather than light. Why? Because men love darkness. It's their hiding places. But for as many who allowed the waters to overflow their hiding places, he gave them power to become sons of God. It means he made them precious cornerstones. They can now become sure foundations which is the Son of God. Not so? And that's the end. In bringing many sons into where? Into glory. He became the old Paul, the eternal salvation for all them that obey him. Why? Because he is the sure foundation, but he also started as a stone. So he can instruct you on how to become a stone. He can teach you on how to become a trite stone. And he will also instruct you on how to become a precious cornerstone. And he can also finish it off for sure foundation. Because he is all of it. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me begin to round up. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, let's see First uh, Peter.
chapter 2, verse from verse 6, I read. Actually, verse 5, because verse 5 talks about you as a stone, amen, and confirms that you are being built up as a spiritual house for God. That was actually the day one evening. We haven't emphasized Ephesians chapter 2, the last two verses, where it says, the building fit three frames together, built up as a temple of the Lord. One, that's Zion. Those are the stone, tri stone, precious cornerstone. Then two, that you are being built up as a holy, as a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now that will be sure foundation. Amen. But just keep that there in your back pocket. Now, First Peter chapter 2, from verse 5. It says, Ye also, as lively stones, are being built up a spiritual house, are built up a spiritual house, and holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, it, I, you know, some people can be saying, oh, you people are talking, so you people are just talking about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the one who is the stone and the stone and the stone and all of that. We are, we, we are not, are we Jesus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the scripture, the back of my story now. Plus, 1 John chapter 2 says, 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. Let's see 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. It means that everything Jesus did is what you're supposed to do as well. Let's see 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. And we'll come back to 1 Peter. Amen. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. It says, He that saith, he, he does, he, he, whosoever saith that he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk as what? As he walked. Amen. So if Jesus walked by becoming, then became a stone. He walked, he became a trite stone. They walked, he became a precious cornerstone. He kept walking with God. He became a sure foundation. How are you supposed to walk? The same way. Not so, because it's a journey of transformation. You are growing up. You're walking in the spirit. Or walking by faith. Amen. Now back to First Peter chapter 2. So it's very clear that being a stone is for us, is for you. The process of becoming with a sure foundation is also for you. God will want you to be sure. Do you know what sure means? Cannot talk. Cannot change. No miracles. Cannot no shadow of talk. Cannot talk. Sure. That is salvation. Do you get me? Is what? Salvation. Salvation is a salvation is a man who cannot turn, who is following God and has followed him till the end. The Bible says concerning those who had the, the one for four thousand, they had the father's name, not so, on their foreheads. What did they do? They followed the lamb whithersoever he goeth. That's salvation. Amen. Right now, we are following the lamb, but somewhere we still have a vanity we are following. We may still have a refuge of life that you have. Camping in. Salvation is where is only the Lamb. The Lamb is your refuge. 
The lamb is your hiding place. Is that not so? He said we will hide in the cleft of the rock. So Christ should become your hiding place. Christ is that rock. He should now, he will be the one to overflow the hiding places for to become our hiding place. Amen? And he's the one who will become our refuge as well. Are we blessed in the house this afternoon? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Any questions as I round up? Any questions? Huh? Say again. Axis. Axis. We'll take it. I'm almost done already. Wherever we stop, we'll continue next next week. Yes, in the knowledge of the Son of God, yes. So, you know, the image becomes perfect. The perfect image is the charity image. While you are growing up from faith to hope, the image is becoming more and more clearer. So, you will have a dimension of the image in faith of the Son of God, which is called the instructions of the Spirit to obey what you are hearing. But they are still, they are still a bit lower because the image is not complete. Not so. So, in every dimension of that faith, hope, and charity, there is a form of an image. All, and what, all, what I'm saying about an image is that there's a form of an understanding of how you see Jesus Christ that is now improving over time. And as it improves, you are also journeying. So as the time will now come, they will now call it hope because it has improved so much that they can now say, yeah, this is actually like Christ. So you can hope for him. Not so. But otherwise, if it's not, if the thing is still blurry and darkened, then what? That's faith. Because faith is the substance of things not seen. You are not yet seen yet. Well. God, did you hear that? You are not yet in faith. You are not yet seen well. So meaning you are not yet seen who Christ is well. But you are hearing things concerning him. And you are trying to obey those instructions. In hope you begin to see. But you are, you are now seeing that you are not yet what you are seeing. So you are hoping for it. In hope you have not become what... If you have not seen what you are hoping for, it's not a hope. You must have an idea of what you are hoping for, for it to be a hope. So in hope, it means there's an elevated knowledge where it's almost like you are now beginning to see the image of Christ as he is. But you are seeing yourself that you are not even close to meeting up to that image. And so hope is you are hoping to become that image. And the more you hope and draw closer to that image, for example, I'm seeing this camera. But I'm not seeing it well. Maybe I need some glasses. But when I get very close to the, the camera, the same camera image, I will now see it very clearly. That's charity. Does that make sense? But all of them is powered by what? By the knowledge of the Son of God. But initially, in faith, the knowledge is not perfect. 
you are hearing things here and there. So, so initially, think about the first time you start hearing the word of righteousness. You don't understand everything we are saying. And that's faith. So somebody else who was a bit higher could ca- capture all that was being said. They are probably in hope because they are able to connect the image more of what you are saying. Whereas somebody who may be newer may not be able to connect everything you are saying to an image. But then they are hearing you. They are liking what you are saying. And so Holy Ghost will now try and start giving them instructions on how to obey what they are hearing. So in every dimension of faith, hope, and charity, there is a knowledge and there is a conformity that you must conform to. But why it's called faith is that you are conforming to that which you are not seeing yet. It's not yet an image. It's not yet a fully... I don't know if... And it's a complex question, but I'm trying to break it down. I don't know if it's making sense. So as... A man goes from faith to hope. The understanding he has of that knowledge of the Son of God becomes more perfect, more clearer. It's sometimes, you know, here in this meeting, sometimes, in this fellowship, sometimes, before we've taught faith of the Son, today we'll teach it again. But today is better than how we preached it five years ago. You get it. And then we also are work in progress. <laughs> we are getting better. Amen. So the, the, we are preaching it with what? We are preaching it now with more perfect light than we were before. Because we have also grown. And so it's the same knowledge, but it's, it's now becoming more perfect. More perfect as you grow. But the knowledge empowers powers the whole room, the whole, uh, the whole dimension of growth. From faith to hope, and from hope and from hope to what? And, and from hope to charity. And from hope to charity. Now, Jeannie, uh, that definition he gave of faith from Hebrews chapter 11, faith is sometimes over. that faith there is actually a faith of the outer court. It's actually faith towards God. Because if you read the whole Hebrews chapter 11, they're talking about men of faith who use the faith towards God to get things done. Huh? On earth. So that's why I say, by faith, David did this. By faith, Gideon did that. By faith, Moses parted the Red Sea. All those things are actions that came about by faith towards God. So let me just take a few minutes. In the outer court, the faith towards God is higher than hope. So faith is the evidence of things not seen, or the things hoped for. Because in the outer court, what are you hoping for? You are hoping for earth, for carnal things. Amen? And in the outer courts, you cannot get that, those carnal things by just hope. Because the reason why you hope for the carnal things, for example, the reason why I hope for a chair is because I saw the chair. Do you get me? I will now have to engage the mechanism of faith towards God for God to produce the chair for me, for me to own it. I don't know if I've confused you more than that. <laughs> eh? But I want to make I, I, I want to explain that dimension to let you know that in the outer court, faith, faith towards God is higher than the hope. The quality of the hope in the outer court is a carnal hope. But in the holy place, when you enter the sanctuary, hope is higher than faith. Amen. Because what you are now hoping for is not the chair. You are hoping for the one who is the highest in that place. 
Did you get me? You are now hoping for who? You are not hoping for a chair. You are not hoping for something low. You are hoping for a being who is the Lord of the sanctuary. That's who you are hoping for. So, so it means the, the hope is a high hope. Is an exalted hope. So in the realm of the sanctuary or the holy place, there is faith, hope, and charity. And hope is the step above faith in the realm of the sanctuary, the holy place. Now let me make it more simpler, maybe for those online. A man in the outer court, what dominates your life is the sun and the moon. Now, so those who are familiar with the outer court, outside, imagine, when you think about your house, in the yard, the outer court is your yard. And, amen? Sun doesn't enter into the house, but sun hits the yard. So it means the outer court is not spiritual men. The efficient church was in the outer court when they were doing faith towards all, when they were having faith in the Lord Jesus and love towards all the saints. Then Paul now wanted to pray for them, for them to enter the sanctuary, the holy place. Let's see it quickly and we'll end there. We'll continue First Peter chapter 2 next week. Ephesians, let's see that. So we'll just revisit that. That understanding. Amen. And I hope everybody gets that. Ephesians chapter 1. And maybe after the meeting, I won't draw it for you. I'll draw the answer just to show you the progressions. Amen. Uh, amen. So that you can see it in, in, in real time. But for those online who are not understand, let's see Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. It says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, amen, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. It means that before the spirit of wisdom and revelation came, you did not know Him. The way He ought to be known. Remember, I, I, we, we read the scripture from Hebrews chapter 5 verse 13, where it says, He who uses milk, he who uses milk is unskillful, meaning inaccurate in judgment, inaccurate in the word of righteousness. So meaning the, a, a person who is using milk is darkened, has darkened understanding, meaning incomplete understanding, meaning they come to the wrong conclusions concerning who God is, what God is, what God is in relation to man, what God is looking for from us in terms of growth and development. And the efficient church was there. That's why Paul had to go on his knees and pray for them. Though they were doing service, though they had faith in the Lord Jesus, which is that faith of Hebrews chapter 11. Yes. That's the faith of Hebrews chapter 11. Faith towards God. They had the faith of Jesus. Amen? And they were loving the saints, but they were blind. So meaning they were not spiritual. Because to be spiritual, you need spirit. So Paul wanted to make them spiritual. And what that means is that they were in the outer court. Because in the outer court, all you see is the sun and the moon. You don't see the Lord in the temple. For you to see the Lord in the temple, you have to, you have to open the veil. For you to go into the holy place, into the temple, then you will now see the candlestick. The Lord, who is the light in that temple. 
the only light in that temple. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. And so, he would take the spirit of wisdom and revelation opens you up into spirituality, into the spirit. Or, in other words, into the holy place, into the sanctuary. So that you can now begin to relate with the Lord, who is that spirit. Uh, to give you spiritual things by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And those spiritual things are Christ's things. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. They did not have it then. Paul prayed for them to have access to the spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, your spiritual journey begins when you access the faith of the Son of God. Your spiritual journey begins when you start knowing the Son of God. When you come under the knowledge or the tutelage of the knowledge of Christ. That is actually the beginning of spiritual journey. Because you have now entered the temple. You have entered the holy place. You have entered the places of the making of stones. They will now make you a stone there. After the order of the Lord, who is the candlestick in that temple. He will be teaching you how to become like him. First a stone, then a tried stone, and then a precious cornerstone. I think that's very clear. So there's demarcation between the outer courts. Meaning, in the outer court, you can still be canal. Because it's the sun and the moon that God wants. But once you enter the holy place, you are now becoming spiritual. Then the most holy place, you are now becoming perfect. That's the realm of glory. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know, Jeannie, does that? In a, in a form. And it, was a, it was a deep question. It was a, a lot to unpack in the question, but... Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So what is the summary of this afternoon? That the knowledge of the Son of God will make you a perfect man. And the process starts that he will first make you a son of God. Sorry, a stone. By, by making you what? Bringing you to the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Because we know what power's face is hearing and hearing. Praise the name of the Lord. All, 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 what we're really saying is that by when you know God so much, we have confidence. You will not be afraid of tomorrow anymore. Is that not faith? Right, Tolu? Is that not faith? When you know your God, I know who myself, so why, why am I afraid? Faith is like the opposite of fear. So that's why they call it the faith of the Son of God. It's powered by His knowledge. Because fear is dying when you are knowing Him. That's the kind of faith it is. Then there is hope. And then there is charity. Can we appreciate God this afternoon? I think we have spent our time. Uh, we give God praise. We try. Amen. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We give you praise for everything you have done and what you are doing. We exalt your holy name. Oh, Father, help us. Father, save us. Father, transform us with these words. Uh, may these words bring edification to our hearts and our minds. May the knowledge of the Son of God, may it be our watchword in year 2021. Flood us with these waters. Let these waters overflow all our hiding places according to your scripture. Let it overflow our hiding places and let salvation flow. Let salvation come. Let salvation rest. Let salvation transform. Let trans salvation finish us. Raise us. Perfect us. 
and bring us to a sure foundation. Let this knowledge save us to the uttermost. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between